Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, where I learn how to be an overcomer. We'd like for you to confess this with us at the beginning of the class. Don't don't just watch it. Uh, say it. It's kind of like uh, watching exercise. You know, <laughs> you think, man, they're doing a good job. Yeah, but it, it's not helping you. <laughs> well, get you a, a Bible or, and, and excuse me, something to make a note with. Come on into the classroom, put everything else on hold, and let's let that happen today that our spirit gets fed and built up. Lord, all of us agree together today as touching this, asking you for the anointing that teaches, reveals, guides, reminds, shows us things to come, your Holy Spirit, asking you for uh, answers to things that we're dealing with right now, and we purpose to be doers and not hearers only in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. If you would go to the book of Hebrews, please, the third chapter, Hebrews 3 and also 1 Corinthians 10. These have been our our main texts for our series that we're calling Overcoming Unbelief. In Hebrews 3, verse 7, he said, Wherefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you'll hear his voice, Harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me or tested me, proved me and saw my works 40 years. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said they do always err in their heart and have not known my ways. Did you notice in verse 9 it says your fathers tempted me, proved me and saw my works. They kept testing God and trying to prove God, not realizing it was they who were being tested, not God. And you know, you'll hear that today from different places. People say, well, you know, uh, God, if you're real, you know, show me something. Prove to me something. God... Don't you care, you know, whether I live or die, if you're there? Now, if you know absolutely nothing, and if your heart's sincere, and you say, God, if you're real, please reveal yourself to me, he'll he'll meet you. He's done it many, many times. But especially if you're a believer, (laughs) and he's answered, you know, thousands of prayers for you and all kind of things, you, you don't want to have this idea where God proved to me, you know, uh, show me that you care. Don't you care? He's already proven. 
beyond any question how much he cares about you. Hmm? He, he sent Jesus. Jesus is proven. He gave everything. His life, his blood, his being. Uh, God is not on trial here. <laughs> and people that think they're trying to prove God or prove his existence or prove this or prove that, you're, you're going down the wrong path. All you're going to do is frustrate yourself. It was they who were failing the test, not God. And he said, uh, verse 11, so I swore in my wrath, they'll not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. He went on to say in verse 18, so to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. It wasn't the giants that kept them out of the promised land. It wasn't the walled cities. It wasn't the iron chariots. It wasn't their lack of military ability. It wasn't their lack of another country supporting them or any of the myriad of things that people make excuses and blame. It was their own unbelief that kept them out of something they could have been enjoying for decades. God had a, a life planned for them, and it wasn't in the desert. He had a life planned for them, houses you didn't build, vineyards, orchards you didn't plant, property owners, homeowners, business owners, <laughs> prosperous, healthy, wealthy, flourishing families, strong nation. That was God's plan. None of, none of them enjoyed it. Not a one of them, except Joshua and Caleb. You remember them? Because they had a different spirit. Because they made a different choice. They chose to believe in the face of monumental unbelief. Just surrounding them. And even after 40 years, they wouldn't turn loose of their faith. They, would, they wouldn't let up. I can only figure that once in a while they'd have to meet together by the campfire. Right? And preach to each other. Because <laughs> we're talking, we're not talking a few weeks. We're talking four decades. Can you keep the faith? even though everybody around you seems to give up theirs. Can you? Yes. It's possible. Joshua and Caleb did, and they were the only two out of that entire generation of men, 20 years old and, and up. They were the only two. Only two. And you got to figure once in a while, you know, they'd, uh, they'd say, well, you know, Joshua would send word to Caleb and say, you know, meet me after supper. Okay. All right. They sit down at the campfire, have a coffee or tea, whatever it is they did. And, uh, and one of them would say, I don't care what happens with the rest of this bunch. I am going in. And the other guy said, I'm going in too. And you know, we, we have it in the scriptures that Caleb said, 
uh, he, he actually told Joshua towards the end of this, he said, you were there when Moses said that God said that I'm going in. Because I had a different spirit. <laughs> he, said, he said, I'm going in. Joshua said, I'm going in too. I don't care what the rest of this bunch does. They held on to that for 40 years. If they can do that without being born again, without being filled with the Holy Spirit, without a New Testament in their hand, without the name of Jesus that they can use in authority, then you and I can hold on to our faith in this new and better covenant with the greater one inside. Can we? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Said out loud, I will not. Turn loose from my faith in my God. I will not cast away my confidence because it has a great recompense of reward. It pays to trust God. <laughs> Did it pay for Joshua? Did it pay for Caleb? They went in. They went in. Joshua got his mountain. He said, I want the big one. I want the one with the giants. The giants have been bugging him for 40 years. He's like, because everybody else believed that's why you couldn't go in. He said, uh-uh, I want the giants. I want the whole deal. Give me this mountain. And Joshua said, go get it, bud. Get it. Get it. And he got it. I said, he got it. Belonged to him and his tribe. And his family, they finally experienced what God intended for the whole bunch to experience 40 years earlier. They finally got it. And we're going to see that in, the, in our lessons today, that just what the Scripture is talking about in Hebrews, we're here in Hebrews, through faith and patience, or perseverance, or endurance, that could be said, they obtained the promise. Now, uh, go with me to 1 Corinthians, please, the 10th chapter. I hope you like this as much as I do. I just, I love the Word of God. Oh, it's just, never gets old because it's live and, li and living. And it just, it just keeps making me stronger and it keeps stirring me up, keeps lifting me higher, keeps opening my understanding. And there's just no end to how high you can go. So uh, come on in and, and go up with us. 1 Corinthians 10, from verse 1 all the way down to verse uh, 11, he was saying that everything that happened to them, being brought out of Egypt, uh, following the cloud, uh, you know, seeing the deliverance through the Red Sea, all of those things, he said, are types and examples for you and me. And he sums it up in verse 11 by saying, and this is the, the Living Bible, 1 Corinthians 10, 11, all these things happen to them as examples, object lessons to us, to warn us against doing the same things. They're written down so that we could read about them and learn from them in these last days as the world nears its end. So be careful if you're thinking, oh, I would never behave like that. Let this be a warning to you. It's a foolish thing. And you, if you don't even understand what happened to just immediately pipe up and go, well, yeah, I, I'll never do that. Well, why did they do it? 
If you don't understand, you are not uh, safe. You, you are not prepared. Do you remember that um, um, when Jesus was about to go to the cross and he told his disciples, he said, uh, y'all are all going to leave me. And man, Peter piped up. He said, no, 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 no. And he even looked around. He said, everybody else may, but I won't. I, I will not leave you. He said, I will die with you. And uh, Jesus said to Peter, he said, Peter, before the rooster crows, you will have denied me three times. And Peter was just, he, he doubled down. He was more adamant, and that was a mistake. He said, I will not. I will not. No, when the Lord tells you you're about to mess up, <laughs> do, you, do you bristle and go, no, Lord. No, you're basically saying you don't know what you're talking about. He does know what he's talking about. And, and that was the wrong response. As you can see, what happened? He did not stand. He thought he was stronger than he was. And, and I'm sure he fully intended to back up what he said. Because, you know, when it all started going down and, and the guards and, and what have you came to get Jesus, he didn't break and run. He whipped out his blade and he's going to fight. So I think he really meant to, to do what he said. But when Jesus told him, stop, 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 put your sword up. And he saw Jesus let them take him. He wasn't prepared for that. He never fathomed, he never imagined that they would be able to take him and kill him. That, that was not in his concept of reality. And when it started happening, he was just uh, dumbstruck. And he didn't know what to do. And the other ones didn't either. And they, they, they took off and ran, just scared, and went and hid. And finally, you know, he, he got up enough courage to come and try to see what was happening. And, and when they began to ask him, uh, aren't you one of his? And, and he said, no. He, you know, it actually is pride that all of us should have an eye on. If the Lord warns you about something, you don't argue with him about it. What could Peter have said instead of saying, oh, no, Lord, no. I don't care if everybody leaves you. I, and when the Lord said, no, Peter, um, Satan has desired to have you. He wants to sift you like we Sifting separates things. The devil is wanting to separate Peter's faith from him so that he no longer believes that Jesus is the Messiah and that all the things Jesus said is true and that there is a kingdom. and He, he wants him to lose his faith. And he practically did for a bit. But could Peter have responded another way when the Lord told him, this, what, couldn't he have said, oh Lord, I don't want to do that. What can I do? Huh? What can I do? This is some humility. 
instead of being so adamant, well, no, I'll never do that. That'll never happen to me. Well, why did it happen to them? If you don't understand what happened to them and why it happened to them, you are not safe. You're more, much more vulnerable than, than you think. We are. So isn't that what we're seeing in these texts when he's saying, these are examples for you. Take heed, lest what happened to them happen to you. And so uh, I'm, uh, I, I mean, I know it's not all, you know, shouting ground, uh, seeing exactly how these things played out, but it is shouting ground if I don't do that, if I am spared and protected from that, and I don't let unbelief rob me. Everybody said out loud, Father, teach me about these things. Open my eyes so that I see what happened to them and how it happened to them and why it happened to them so that I not do it and be spared from it. I ask it in Jesus' name. Thank you for it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, um, he said there, he said uh, in 1 Corinthians 10, these things happened as examples for them. The Message Bible said these are warning markers in our history books written down so that we don't repeat their mistakes. So that's what we just got through praying about. There were 10 specific events or uh, situations, if you will, that are mentioned in the scriptures where they failed the test to trust God beginning at the, uh, what happened at the Red Sea right before the Lord delivered them. Let's go back to Exodus 14 and look again. We've looked at this first one, and we're actually getting, getting into the, uh, the second one now. Exodus chapter 14 is where he, he delivered them. We saw from seeing what they did when they saw Pharaoh's armies and they, they saw that naturally speaking they were in grave danger. They just panicked. And they just, and like we said, anybody can feel fear, but that doesn't mean you just give up and yield to it. You got to resist it. Stand against it. And, and there are times you just need to speak right up and say, fear? Leave me. Fear, I resist you in Jesus' name. The enemy will try to say, well, now look at you. You're, you're scared. You're shaking. It's too late. You already lost the battle. No, you didn't lose the battle. You're in the battle. It's happening right now. And so what you got to do is just, is just take a stance, make a choice, and say, no. No, I refuse to fear I like the 23rd Psalm along. It just, it just kind of sums it up. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. And your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Your ability to lead me, your ability to protect me and keep me, my God is with me. And if he's for me, who can be against me? You've got to start talking faith instead of fear. Well, by the mercy of God, he delivered them anyway. He's got a plan he's trying to fulfill. If he could just get somebody to work with him. And when they saw the 
the breath of God, it was called, the wind come. It would have been quite something to experience. You heard that wind coming from the east. It had to be of hurricane force, but it was very narrowly focused. <laughs> and it hit that part of that Red Sea. And the, water, the waters were pushed, parted and pushed back by the wind. Like we said, we've seen that. You know, not too long ago there was a storm uh, here and, and in Tampa. Uh, the winds pushed the waters out of part of Tampa Bay and people walked across on the ground where boats had been not long before. Well, then the waters came back. Well, um, we know wind is powerful and can push water out of the way. We also know wind, wind chill, uh, wind blowing hard can drop the temperature on something, especially if it's cold wind. And so what happened is it parted it and it froze it. And Israel walked across on dry ground. And then uh, when they were on the other side, Moses stretched his rod across and it, it probably was just barely holding it, <laughs> you know. It was holding it, but it was not a permanent thing. Then it just collapsed and the waters just flowed over. And when it did, the Bible said in, in Exodus 14, 30, the, the Lord saved Israel that day out of the land of the Egyptians, hand of the Egyptians. Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians and the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses feared the Lord and believed the Lord. They respected God. And in the 15th chapter, we read most of it in the previous class. They sang a song. You know, a lot of our even children sing some of these songs today. I will sing unto the Lord. For he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and riders, thrown into the sea. Well, the whole bunch actually got in faith. And they're singing about how big God is. And they're singing about how totally he triumphed over the enemies. And he, they're singing about how the fear of God is going to fall on all their other enemies in the land of Canaan. And they're singing about, we're going in there. You got, you've prepared your place. And it is a rare, <laughs> wonderful thing to see. Sadly, it didn't last. It didn't last any time at all. They sang they rejoiced, and like we said uh, on last session, faith has a song. Unbelief has a complaint. Unbelief is sarcastic, disrespectful, unthankful. But faith, are they thanking God for their deliverance? Yeah, they're glorifying God. Are they talking about how big He is and how great He is? That's faith. That's faith talk. That's faith singing. And so it looks so good. It sounds so good. And verse uh, 22 
of chapter 15, Exodus 15, 22. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days. Everybody say three days. Three days. Three days in the wilderness and found no water. Every challenge is an opportunity to demonstrate faith. Not just then. God hadn't changed. Faith hasn't changed from then till now. Our covenant has changed. Our access to God has changed. Our, the way we're righteous has changed. But God hadn't changed. Faith hasn't changed. They, they found no water. What is this? A lot of times folks would say, oh, this is bad. This is bad. No. This is an opportunity. Is everybody awake? This is an opportunity to demonstrate or to show God you trust Him. Every, say it out loud, every challenge is an opportunity to demonstrate faith. To show God I trust Him. Every challenge, not a few, not part of them, every challenge. You find out you got a bill you didn't expect. You can go one of two ways. You can go, oh no. Uh, <laughs> we were already tight this month. Where, how, where, eh, wrong. You're going the wrong way. Could you go another way? I said, could you go another way? What, what could you do? What could you say? Well, this didn't surprise God. Huh? He, he saw this coming. And he's my provider. He takes care of me. The Lord can help me with this. He will help me with this. Said out loud, every challenge, every challenge is an opportunity, is an opportunity to, demonstrate faith. to demonstrate faith. Every challenge. How'd they come out, though? They went three days. It was the three-day revival that, that didn't end well, that didn't last. When they came to Marah and they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. And, and that's why they call the place Marah, because that means bitterness. And the people murmured against Moses and said, what will we drink? Hold on now, hold on. Hold on. This is what they were doing back at the Red Sea. Murmured against Moses and said, why'd you bring us out of Egypt? They slipped right back in to their old, unbelieving, doubting, disrespectful, blaming, fault-finding, disrespectful junk. And you got to watch it because if you grew up with that and you've been doing that for decades, it is too easy. When you're challenged to just slide right back into it, start griping, start complaining, start blaming, negative, all this junk. But that, friend, is how you die in the wilderness. That's how you do without. That's how you start. Could they have done something else? Could they have thought, well, if God can split the Red Sea, huh? I reckon. He could find us some water to drink. Is that right? 
Was that a possibility? Yes, yes. And our time's up again today. <laughs> well, there's a whole lot more. Come back tomorrow and we'll get into this more in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941 702 7390.